The doctor is in. So where's the man of the hour? Paging Dr. Sean Murphy. And the patients have arrived. New boobies, here we come. Yeah. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, September 27th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Netflix unveiled a ton of first looks and premiere dates for upcoming seasons of returning shows and new series, as well as movies, at its global fan event, Tudum, which is the sound you hear when you start a movie or show. Tudum. Anyway, among the first looks, the fourth and final season of Ozark, Stranger Things 4, Cobra Kai, Bridgerton, Emily in Paris, The Crown, The Witcher, and The Witcher Blood Origin, Cowboy Bebop, Tiger King 2, and the movies Extraction 2 and Army of Thieves. Be sure to check out those first look photos, footage, and a lot more at EW.com. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings fended off competition from newcomer Dear Evan Hansen, a Broadway to big screen offering, to hold the number one spot at the box office this weekend. The Marvel film brought in another $13.2 million, taking its global total to $196 million and surpassing Black Widow as the top domestic earner at the box office this year. Dear Evan Hansen earned $7.5 million for second place, while Ryan Reynolds' Free Guy dropped to third, making another $4.1 million. Candyman took fourth with $2.5 million, and Clint Eastwood's Cry Macho, now in its second week at the box office, grabbed the fifth spot with $2.1 million. Speaking of big earnings, on Friday's episode, Matt Amodio became only the third person to cross the million-dollar mark on Jeopardy. His $48,800 victory on the episode boosted his total prize to $1,004,001. MTV Entertainment Studios has announced a new deal with Teen Wolf creator Jeff Davis, which includes a Teen Wolf movie. Davis will write and executive produce the film. According to a press release, talks are already underway with the original cast. The sparkly, spectacle-laden stage adaptation of Moulin Rouge won 10 awards at Sunday's Tonys, including Best Musical, Leading Actor Aaron Tveit, who was the only nominee in his category but still had to get 60% of the vote to win, as well as Featured Actor Danny Burstein and prizes for Choreography, Costumes, and director Alex Timbers. Matthew Lopez's two-part play, The Inheritance, inspired by Howard's End and following generations of gay men affected by the AIDS crisis, won the award for Best Play, along with prizes for director Stephen Daldry and featured actors Andrew Burnap and Lois Smith. Smith, who is 90, is now the oldest performer to win a Tony. The award for lead actress in a musical went to Adrian Warren for playing Tina Turner in Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Musical, while Mary Louise Parker won the lead actress in a play prize for The Sound Inside. David Allen Greer won his first Tony Award for featured actor in A Soldier's Play, which also won Best Revival of a Play. And in what might have been the night's biggest surprise, Slave Play, Jeremy O. Harris's searing Broadway debut exploring race, sex, and power, got shut out despite earning 12 nominations, making it the most nominated play in Tony's history. Check out the full list of winners, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more at EW.com. 
Now let's hit the ground running, or rather dancing, with our number three pick, Dancing with the Stars. This week brings the first elimination of the season, and if we had to guess, our money is on Martin Cove going home. The Cobra Kai star received the lowest judges score last week for an alleged pasadoble that EW's own Lynette Rice called, quote, absolutely terrible in her recap. Here's a bit of the judge's commentary from last week. The truth is, I just feel like you were a little unprepared. I think next week, go in rehearsal with that competitive mindset, put in the hours, and we'll see you next week, brother. Bruno, Bruno, you were looking at me the whole time, like confused. What was oh, going I, on I think that was part of the cult. The pitch. It was like somebody pitching an epic film. I thought this is going to be a blockbuster. I think we need to work on the content to make it a blockbuster because at times you look like you forgot, you didn't quite know what was coming next. So we should clean up the script, you know, before we go into full production. <laughs> there you Okay, I just want to say to all of you young folks out there, I hope you're all taking notes on what commitment to character looks like. Because that was commitment to character, sir. But with all due respect, it was more kata than it was pasta doble. So next week, we'll see what happens. Maybe there's hope for Cove yet, if he turns in a better performance tonight. Meanwhile, Jojo Siwa received the highest score last week after making Dancing with the Stars history with the first same-sex couple performance. Here is some of the judges' ecstatic reaction. Finally, the groundbreaking moment we've all been waiting for. And I'm telling you, Jojo, I'm full of joy for everyone. I love to see this freedom of expression this liveliness. I'm telling you, I'm so high I could hit the rafter. Well done <laughs> with the recovery. Yeah. You didn't lose it. It was a bit of a moment, but I'm telling you. It was a dip. It was a dip. It was, it was your fault. It was a dip. Okay. It was, it was a dip. It was quite raft. Carry on. Jojo Siwa making history. You and Jenna, that was amazing. Not only are you taking the lead, you lifted your partner when she slipped. I mean, that was a slip, and you had her back. You didn't even bat an eye. It was a history-making moment, to be sure, although it remains to be seen if America will vote for the show's first same-sex couple. We will find out tonight. Dancing with the Stars hits the floor at 8 p.m. on ABC. It's trivia time. If JoJo Siwa wins this season of Dancing with the Stars, she'll be the third youngest celebrity winner in the show's history. But who was the youngest ever to win? Was it Jordan Fisher, Bindi Irwin, or Lori Hernandez? Stick around for the answer. Number two. Now, on to our number two pick, the season finale of Darcy and Stacy. As the 90 Day Fiancé spinoff wraps up its second season, Darcy struggles to move on from her relationship with Georgie, who's busy back in the States confronting his ex-wife. Meanwhile, in Turkey, the twins have a consultation with their plastic surgeon and get ready to finally go under the knife. Here's a clip from the episode. He's like an artist, and he's amazing. We've done a lot of research, and we love his work. We have our wish list, and we're going to see what he's able to do. You want smaller breasts, right? Yeah. If we can change your implants. Um, maybe a little reduction in areola. Yeah. He said I could make my nipples smaller by going, um, removing 
the nipple and mm -hmm. giving it a slight lift and then placing it back with smaller nipples. So yeah, because smaller nips are sexier. Yeah, and it'll make the boob look bigger, right? If you have smaller nips, because well, mine are kind of. But they spread. Yeah, they spread oh, over time. Mine so. didn't really spread. Well, we breastfed years and years ago, but over time, you know, they just spread. But I've breastfed a lot because I don't really have much breast tissue left. Aspen, suck me dry. Well, clearly they have put a lot of thought into this. And after lengthy and challenging surgeries, the twins will return home to reveal their new looks, which you'll have about four months to get used to before the show returns in January. In the meantime, you can catch the season finale of Darcy and Stacy tonight at 8 on TLC. On Friday's show, you heard a bit of my interview with Billy Bob Thornton about the final season of Goliath, which is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. But during our interview, I also asked Thornton a very important question. What you watching? I hardly watch anything new unless it's at, at a time when I have to, you know, vote on things, you know, and I need to look. Uh, but uh, honestly, I I watch South Park all the time in sports. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I never get tired of South Park. And so uh, I, I still watch Family Guy, I watch South Park. You know, you know, it's, it's like this. A lot of people say, why don't you watch like the kinds of movies you make that are, you know, other people are making and stuff. And I, I don't watch a lot of movies. And I told my wife one time, I said, it's kind of like a plumber doesn't want to come home and fix the toilet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when I do watch stuff, I tend to watch stuff that's, that's lighter than what I might do. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I just want yeah. a sense of entertainment. Uh, I used to watch Chris Farley movies, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just because I want to be taken out of the world that I live in as an actor, you know? You know, we could all use a break from the world we live in every now and then. If, like Thornton, you also never get tired of South Park, you can find all 23 seasons streaming on HBO Max. Stay tuned. Our number one pick is coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, The Tonight Show first premiered on NBC 67 years ago today on September 27th, 1954. Then known as Tonight and hosted by Steve Allen, the show set the template for the late night talk show we know today with an opening monologue, celebrity interviews, musical performances, and pre-recorded comedy bits. Jack Parr took over as host in 1957, followed in 1962 by Johnny Carson, whose 30-year run on the show remains the most beloved and iconic version. 
Jay Leno stepped in after Carson's retirement in 1992, controversially getting the job over David Letterman, and ultimately hosted until 2014, except for Conan O'Brien's seven-month stint in 2009. Current host Jimmy Fallon took over in 2014, moving the show back to New York after more than 40 years in Los Angeles. Fallon is contracted to continue hosting The Tonight Show through at least 2026. And now, let's engage our number one pick, The Good Doctor. The ABC drama checks back in for its fifth season tonight, picking up after Leah's proposal to Sean in last season's finale. In the premiere, the couple hold their engagement party, which has everyone in a festive mood after their return from Guatemala, at least until the speeches start and the tears start flowing. And this might be the most relaxed we'll see Leah all season as she starts planning the wedding and, from the looks of the season trailer, losing her mind. Here's a bit of that trailer. Paging Dr. Sean Murphy. I have never ever seen you as happy as you are. And that's beautiful. This is our story. Here's to many years yeah, no matter what may come, this is our story. of happiness. Okay. Is the wedding still on? Yeah. Okay. Are you overwhelmed planning the wedding? I've got it. It's gonna be great. Planning a wedding is a big undertaking. Leah is making all of the arrangements. She wants it to be perfect. But I keep checking in. You are both divorced, so I don't know why I would heed your marriage advice. Well, Sean may be getting married, but he's still Sean. Elsewhere in the premiere, titled New Beginnings, a young single mother learns her son may have contracted his cancer from a surprising source, and Matteo finds out if his previous legal issues in America will be resolved. It all begins anew tonight at 10 on ABC. And lastly today, the answer to our trivia question. Who was the youngest celebrity contestant ever to win Dancing with the Stars? Jordan Fisher, Bindi Irwin, or Lori Hernandez? Figuring this out shouldn't be an Olympian feat. The answer is Lori Hernandez, who was just 16 when she won season 23 in 2016. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior TV editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. Today's episode of What to Watch was written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal.